What a first week of baseball. Grayson Rodriguez goes toe-to-toe with Jacob DeGrom. Dylan Dodd shuts down the Cardinals. And the Brewers rookies are having a week. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, editor-in-chief of Bravestoday.com, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're probably part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today, we are talking about some of the kids. We've made it through a full week of the season. We started last Thursday in the majors. And there's been some noteworthy and really interesting performances so far. The biggest one that I can think of is Grayson Rodriguez. One of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball would have been number one if not for the fact that Andrew Painter did Andrew Painter things last year, but finally gets called up thanks to the injury. I thought it was an injury because to Kyle Bradish. So he gets called up and Grayson Rodriguez gets a start on Wednesday in Arlington versus the Rangers. Big for a couple reasons. One, He's from Nagadoches, Texas, so it's like a hundred and something miles away from Arlington. So tons of family in the house and all of that. But the 2018 first rounder, again, one of the top prospects in all of baseball. We thought this would happen last year. He was lined up to be uh, to, to break camp on opening day and then suffered a lat injury and it took him a while. He only made 14 starts, like 70 innings in AAA last year after the injury. We just didn't necessarily know uh, when he would get back. But uh, he he struggled in spring, and so he was sent to AAA to begin the year. Uh, one start, four innings, three runs, uh, including a home run, four walks to two strikeouts. Didn't look great, but the Orioles didn't have a ton of options. So they call Grayson Rodriguez up, and boy, does he deliver. Again, going toe-to-toe with Jacob deGrom just hours from his hometown. Grayson Rodriguez goes five innings pitched, four hits, two runs, one walk, and five strikeouts. And four hits, two runs, it doesn't sound particularly like it's fine. It's a perfectly fine stat line. But when you look at the game and what happened, you can really see... No, this was a really good start from Grayson Rodriguez. So, two quick outs in the first inning, and then he runs into some trouble. He gives up an RBI double to Adolis Garcia, and give him two outs. Uh, A Josh Young single, RBI single, with two outs. There's your two runs. Uh, From that point on, he gets out of that inning, and after that, he retires 13 of the next 15 batters. Uh, I think he gives up two singles, and that might be, I think, everything that he gives up in the entire rest of the outing. And then in the in the fifth inning, he leaves. Uh, the Orioles score two runs to tie it up at two so that he's not in line for the loss. He ends up getting a no decision, and I believe the Orioles uh, went on to win that game, if I have this right. I'm sorry. Uh, no, sorry. The Rangers won this game. The Rangers won the game. Five to two. We don't care about that because Grayson Rodriguez did well. So, 83 pitches, 53 of them were for strikes. 
And I found it really interesting how he, what he did with the arsenal to make this work. We've talked about fastballs to 70 grade, uh, sits high 90s, can touch 100 when he wants it to. He can, uh, he can spot it pretty well. Uh, the slider is probably a 70 grade as well. Sits in the, uh, usually sits around 80 to 83 or so. A lot of late movement, but it's that thing with the slider where he can manipulate the shape. He can make it break more or less. And then the changeup is probably a plus pitch as well. Also has a curveball. Also has a cutter. So a lot of different things. Cutter is something he uses against lefties. When you look at this start from Grayson Rodriguez, 41 of the 83 pitches are the fastball. So he's leaning on the fastball in this start. Averages 96.5 miles an hour. He touches 98 with it. Gets eight swings and misses, eight whiffs on the four-seam fastball. Also got another, like, eight more called strikes on it. So 16 called strikes plus whiffs. CSW rate is what we talk about on this. That is the combination of uh, called strikes and swings and misses. So 39% on the fastball. Very healthy number. Throws 19 sliders. In the outing, four swings and misses on there. No called strikes because oftentimes he's taking that slider out of the zone as a chase pitch. Uh, throws 14 changeups, gets one with no called strikes on that. Uh, five curveballs, gets one with and one called strike on that. So he can not only land it for a strike, he can also get you to chase it. And then throws four cutters. Uh, I, I believe the cutter's mostly a lefty thing. So, ends up 14 total swings and misses, 9 additional called strikes. So, 23 called strikes and swings and misses in uh, in the 83 pitches. So, that's 28%. It's a good number. Uh, you, you Look for that to be a little bit higher, ideally, but good number. And again, kind of skewed by that first inning. We see this so often with young pitchers. That first inning, they're really amped up. Uh, they're... They're nervous, probably more nervous they've been in their entire life. Their family is oftentimes there in this case because he's so just a couple hours away. I'm sure it was more than usual than like if he had been starting in Baltimore and his family flies in, but probably not a bunch of other people. This was really easy for a ton of people to show up, just a couple hours, and that ballpark in Arlington holds a ton of people. So very impressed with what I saw from Grayson Rodriguez. Now, I would expect he would probably be in the rotation for at least a few more starts. If I kind of remember how some of uh, this rotation works with the injuries and things like that, I think they're going to need him to for two or maybe three more starts like before they could even think about not having, not having him out there. But again, looked really good. After Adoles Garcia, after Josh Young get on base in the first, uh, four scoreless inning. He strikes out Corey Seager twice. He strikes out Ezekiel Duran. That was the first one of his career. Strikes out Mitch Garver. Strikes out Jonah Heim. And I believe the only two hits he gave up were singles. And they were in different innings. And they weren't even lead. They were like one out or two out singles. So absolutely fantastic. Love to see what Grayson Rodriguez did. Very excited about his future going forward again. I expect him to spend more time in there. I do want to see him mix in the changeup maybe a little bit more. But other than that, 
Everything you could have asked for from Grayson Rodriguez. Very excited about it. In just a minute, I want to talk about uh, the Brewers and their rookies and the week that these kids had. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at So Rare. So our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary way to do fantasy baseball. It's a fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms the fan into an owner. They're officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all 30 MLB teams. And unlike a lot of fantasy teams uh, where you go, say, on one of the major platforms and you draft your players, you have a season, and in a redraft league, you're done. That's it. You actually own the fantasy experience. You can collect, you can buy, you can sell, you can compete with other people to win great rewards. But win or lose, you still own your cards and there is no cost to play. The more you win, the better you do. The more you advance through the ranks, you get better and better cards, next level competitions, rewards, and things like that. Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez, I just saw they did some promotional stuff for this, and so there's going to be opportunities to like engage with them through the season, which is great. But the way this works is uh, you have a lineup of seven players, a starting pitcher, a relief pitcher, a corner infielder, a middle infielder, an outfielder, some sort of extra hitter, any position, and a flex player. Can be any player, pitcher, catcher, I'm sorry, pitcher, hitter, starter, reliever, whatever, except for Shohei Otani because he kind of breaks the game. Uh, and then as they do things on the field in the, there's, there's uh, two game weeks per standard week, Monday through Thursday, Friday through Sunday, as these players perform on the field, you get points. And then at the end of the game week, they look at the leaderboard and people who are at or near the top get all kinds of rewards. Could be anything from rare cards, could be uh, merchandise, game tickets, signed jerseys, VIP experiences, all of that kind of stuff. So head to sorare.com slash locked on. That's S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn, S-O-R-A-R-E dot com slash LockedOn to start playing today. Okay, the Brewers are a team that is letting the kids play. I have been very excited, Bryce Terang. Uh, the the in middle infield prospect, 2018 first rounder, makes the team out of spring training. Okay, Garrett Mitchell got called up late last year. He's on the team, and then after the Luis Urias injury on I think opening day, Joey Weimer, the right fielder, gets called up. So you've got three rookies on the field. Combined for these guys on the season. 17 of 53 with five home runs, eight extra base hits, 13 RBIs, three stolen bases, and seven walks to 10 strikeouts. If you look at uh, Brewers hitters that have qualified, meaning I think it's an average of two plate appearances per team game so far, three of your four highest batting averages on this team, or sorry, Three of your five are rookies. 
Bryce Terang's batting 313. Garrett Mitchell's batting 300. Joey Weimer's batting 353. The only people outside of that above 300 and in that top is Jesse Winkers batting 333, playing mostly DH, I think entirely DH. Uh, and third baseman Brian Anderson, filling in for Luis Urias, is batting 500 right now. But these guys not only have a great week, but listen to what they did in the series against the Mets. So the Brewers sweep the New York Mets in Milwaukee. But Bryce Terank, first career home run, it's a grand slam, batting 313. Joey Weimer gets his first outfield assist, gets his first career home run. He's batting 353. And then Garrett Mitchell, first multi-home run game, first walk-off home run of his career, and he's batting 300. So three rookies in your lineup with the ability to play almost every day. kind of depends uh, as far as the outfield configuration. And we've talked about this before, but you've got so many options in the outfield for the Brewers that you feel like you're going to have to do something. But in the meantime, everything's working. So Bryce Terang is playing second base right now. You have Willie Adamas at short. But again, a guy, first rounder in 2018 out of high school, uh, was in AAA last year and was one of like five players under the age of 22 who was qualified for the batting title. Finished top 10 hits, runs, walks, stolen bases. And to me, Bryce Terang is just a dude that is like, he's a, he's a good baseball player. Nothing is exempt, like standout, amazing, ridiculous with Bryce Terang, right? You're like the speed's plus. You're like the arm is, eh, it's fine. The hit, the hit tool is fine. The power tool is, I think it's better. A lot of places have it below average. So 40 grade or fringe. I think it's probably fringe to average. And it's something where the thought process is going to be a higher batting average, higher on base, maybe 10 to 15 home run ceiling for Bryce Terang. And then a guy that uh, that can do shortstop or second base. The speed's good enough to cover both. Obviously playing second base right now. If something happens to Willie Adamas, either injury or trade, you obviously can move Terang over to shortstop and cover that if you need to. I think he'd be at least average there. I think he's above average at second. But uh, something where uh, the, the strikeout rate last year, uh, he doubled his home runs from 6 to 13, but the strikeout rate went up from 15% to 20%. So far this year in the bigs, uh, he's actually got three walks to two strikeouts. Again, incredibly small sample size, but I feel good about Bryce Terang and where the offense is. Joey Weimer, uh, playing outfield, Big, 2024th rounder, big boy, 6'5", 215, went to Cincinnati, probably has some of the best raw power in this entire system, as well as the biggest arm in the system, and he got an outfield assist in that series against the Mets. But somebody where there was questions about the hit tool. So last year, he spent between AA Biloxi, AAA Nashville. In Biloxi, 200, uh, sorry, 84 games, batted 243, 321, 440 with, believe it or not, in the 84 games, 113 strikeouts. Gets to AAA Nashville, 43 games, 287, 368, 520, only 34 strikeouts in the 43 games. So it feels like he fixed something a little bit. Again, massive guy, 6'5", 220, but he's had to work on 
recognizing the off speed, right? And, and, you know, working on the swing decisions to not go after the off speed. And then being that larger guy, long levers, big body, holes in the swing, natural holes in the swing, susceptible to some stuff. But you saw the strikeout rate come down last year. You look at him so far this year, and again, small sample size. He's played in five games, but two walks to three strikeouts in five games. Again, got a home run over the weekend, stole a base, and got the outfield assist. The guy that I've really been impressed with the growth, and something where we suspected this was in there, but we just never really got saw it in a large enough sample size, was Garrett Mitchell. Uh, 2021st rounder out of UCLA and somebody who's always been seen as he's incredibly fast. It's as close to an 80 grade tool as you're going to find in this system. If not an 80 grade speed, very good defensive outfielder, fantastic athlete, but there's been questions about the power ceiling for Garrett Mitchell going back his home runs by season UCLA uh, between 18 and 19 full seasons, and then the abbreviated 2020 hit a total of six home runs. And those were all in 2019 in 62 games. In 2021, he hit eight in the minors in 64 games. In 2022, between the minor leagues and the bigs, he hit only seven home runs in 96 games. His minor league fly ball rate uh, was consistently somewhere in the low to mid 20s over like 130-something games in the minors. In the majors, granted sample size, only 33 games, fly ball rate is 40%. And so he's already somebody who, amazing speed, fantastic defender, um, has been able to cut down on the strikeouts a bit and is combining that with significantly more loft in the swing. If this is real and if this sticks... Garrett Mitchell is going to be the rookie that most significantly outperforms expectations for uh, not only the Milwaukee Brewers, but probably all of baseball. And gives you a really, really interesting conversation about what do you do if you have Jesse Winker locked into DH, you have Christian Yelich's massive contract locked into left, and then Garrett Mitchell in center, Joey Weimer in right, and then behind them in AAA and pretty much ready to go is outfielder Sal Frelick, and then behind him, I believe in AA, is Jackson Churio. Churio is considered to have the best, uh, the best ceiling of all of these guys. Sal Frelick is a contact machine that is a prototypical center fielder, so it's gonna you're gonna be struggle if you try to move him to a corner. And so, what do you do when you have Yelich and Mitchell and Weimer and Frelick that all need playing time with Jackson Churio coming up behind them? And again, your DH spot is full with Jesse Winker. Going to be very interesting to see what moves are made. We've seen the we've seen the Brewers have some issues with their pitching. Uh, Aaron Ashby was just announced as needing shoulder surgery. He's probably going to be out for the year. You lost Adrian Hauser. I think he's. I think it's a shorter term thing. It's a strained groin. You saw that come up uh, back in March. He went on the on, on the injured list in late March. So there's a question about do you need to make a deal for some sort of uh, of starting pitching depth? And so if you do, 
do you possibly see one of these guys get moved? Going to be interesting to watch. Obviously, you have the Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff situation lingering out there as well. All four, all four of the five guys in this rotation are all sitting on four years of service time. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Eric Lauer, and Freddie Peralta are all sitting on four years of service time. So a lot of interesting conversations and questions about the future of this rotation. And do you see an outfielder moved to bring in a starting pitcher? Very interesting question about what happens there. In just a minute, Dylan Dodd for the Braves has a a fantastic debut. And again, it's another situation where the Atlanta Braves have a young pitcher that comes up and looks fantastic. And we're going to talk about it. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The MLB season obviously is here. It is great. This is the best time of the year. And so it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can go in there and look at all kinds of props for a game, whether it's the actual game lines, where it's player performance projections, where they have this guy may or may not score this many runs, this pitcher may get this many strikeouts, things like that. And then what's fun for me is after a week to look at the response for the season-long player awards after the hot starts you've seen some of these players have. Uh, Shohei Otani has moved into the clear favorite for American League MVP after two starts, uh, sitting at plus 170 with Aaron Judge behind him at 750 and then Mike Trout at plus 1200. In the National League, Juan Soto was your favorite entering the season. Juan Soto's not having a great start to the season, and Ronald Acuna Jr. has been absolutely on fire. And so Ronald Acuna Jr. has now tied Juan Soto at plus 700 for National League MVP on FanDuel after a week of Major League action. So, don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the LockedOn Podcast Network. Okay, the Atlanta Braves called up another prospect pitcher, and of course, this guy came out and played very, very well. Dylan Dodd got the start for Atlanta versus the Cardinals. Uh, It was a 4-1 victory, but Dodd just absolutely, I mean, absolutely pitched fantastic. Uh, gave up one run in the entire outing. Well, goes goes five innings, six hits, three strikeouts, no walks. The only guy that gets on in the first time through the order, leadoff man Tommy Edmond gets on immediately. Paul Goldschmidt grounds into a double play, erases that runner. So you don't even see anybody else until the second time through. But just something where, again. Looked fantastic. You're in a, uh, what happened, the first official hit he gave up ends up being, I think it was in the fourth inning. There's a pop fly in shallow left that is uh, left fielder, shortstop, third baseman are all kind of coming together. Eddie Rosario can't get to it. Austin Riley can't get to it. Orlando Arcia can't get to it. And it falls to the ground. This is, a, I think there's two outs in the inning. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt's running from second base. And he he just he rounds third. He keeps going home. Eddie Rosario picks up the picks up the ball, uh, gets the out at home, innings over. So even when something goes wrong and he gives up a hit, uh, it was a hit that probably shouldn't have been a hit. It was changed later from a single to a double, 
but uh, it turns out the whole thing's erased right there. Just some of that Braves magic. But the whole thing about Dylan Dodd, 2021 third rounder out of Southeastern Missouri. And uh, last year spent most of the year between high A and double A. So in high A Rome, 16 starts, 3-4-4 ERA in 89 innings, 17 walks, 91 strikeouts. So 9.2 per nine to 1.7 walks per nine. Gets about nine starts in double A Mississippi, continues the trend, improves almost all of the numbers. 3-1-1 ERA, so the ERA comes down by 33 points and 46 in the third innings. 55 strikeouts, so 10.7 per nine to 13 walks. That's the only number that got worse, two and a half walks per nine. Goes from six home runs in AAA to three home runs in AA. Part of that is the Mississippi ballpark is hard to hit home runs in. But in the game versus the Cardinals, uh, four-seamer slider is kind of where he lives. Throws 36 sliders, uh, gets eight swings and misses, and six called strikes on the slider. So 14 combined called strikes plus whiffs on the slider out of 36 pitches. The four-seam fastball uh, throws throws 34 of them, gets four swings and misses, four called strikes, and then throws three change-ups with, uh, with one called strike. So combined 32% CSW percentage. Fastball averages 92, touches 95. Slider sits around uh, 82, touches 85. And the change-up averages 84 uh, fluctuates between 84 and 85. The only really kind of, I guess, criti- not criticism, but the only thing I probably want to work on on this is this is an example of, we talk about when a pitcher's trying to keep a hitter off balance. You want to, like, if you have three pitches, you're throwing three pitches, you want it to ideally be three different movements and three different velocities. Slider breaks one way, changeup breaks the other, fastball stays up, so there's your three movements. But your velocities, again, the fastball averaged 92. The slider averaged 80, almost 83. It's like 82.8. And the changeup averaged 84. So the slider and changeup are kind of in the same velocity band. We've seen the, some Braves pitchers have success throwing the slider harder. So I wonder, is there the ability to maybe slow down the changeup a little bit to get a 10-mile-an-hour separation between the fastball and the changeup and throw the slider harder? or do you change the changeup because he doesn't throw very many of them? Do you change the changeup into some type of other pitch with similar movement? But either way, very good start for Dylan Dodd. Very excited about what he can do in this lineup. And he is not on the board for Rookie of the Year. No one expected this at all. The expectations were Bryce Elder or Ian Anderson were going to take that fifth starter spot. Bryce Elder got called up and looked really good on Wednesday against the Cardinals as well. Part of me wondered, is wondering, is this the Cardinals or is this the Braves pitchers? I think the Cardinals, very talented lineup, just had a little bit of struggle this week. They'll figure it out. But I would expect Dylan Dodd to stay up and get a couple more starts, at least for Atlanta. Uh, Kyle Wright's due back next week. They're still out Max Freed for a couple weeks, so there's still some runway to keep multiple guys in the rotation. Fantastic week this week. Uh, enjoy the games this week. And reminder, if you have questions for Monday's mailbag, I'm on Twitter at CrossFit Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com or drop your questions in the LockedOnMLBProspects Discord. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. Until Monday's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.